Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Go Up, podcast edition. Where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We're your hosts. I'm Dean. I'm Kritas. That was kind of a different way, again, yeah. to say your name. I told you, you're going to get every every possible so way. So what was what was this one about today? Yeah, just the quick and easy. Quick and easy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uber Canadian. Uber Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Dean... What are we going to be discussing today? Today, we're going to talk about Pathways to Mysterion. Ooh, now that sounds mysterious. It is very mysterious. It's going to be all kinds of pathways. They're going to branch out. Okay. Unfortunately, you're going to have to watch to the end because we don't know where this is. <laughs> we don't ever really know no. where it's going to go. <laughs> it's all it's, part of living by the Spirit, right? It's going to be fun, though. Yeah, didn't he say the spirit is like the wind, he goes where he pleases? That's what we're going to do today. <laughs> okay. If this podcast is encouraging to you, consider hitting like and subscribe. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, click the notification bell. Thing. Also, if you're looking for more information on Let's Go Up, check out our website, letsgoup.us. You'll find all kinds of things linked there, like our social media. There's blogs, all kinds of other fun stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, Dean. So I have a question for you, actually, okay. before we go right in. You had told me earlier last week that you were planning on going to a Rocks and Gems show in town. Is this, yes. Did this happen? It did happen. Tell me. Share. It was spectacular. Mm. I've always been interested in rocks. There was a verse that Jesus said. He said, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. Ooh. So do you always pick them up and hold them to your ear? Like a seashell? <laughs> Does it work the same with a rock? Not quite the same. <laughs> But I realized something. A common garden rock, if you take it and you put it in a polisher, rocks have worlds inside of them. Yeah, you start to see things as it like polishes through the layers. Yes. The details. and yeah. So every rock, I'm convinced, has a story to tell. This might explain why kids are fascinated with rocks. You cannot go on a walk with a little kid without finding at least one rock in your pocket or purse or somewhere that's been yeah. slipped in there. They're like treasures they find. That's very true. At work the other day, there were some kids there and they kept handing me rocks. Yeah. I don't know why. They were just rocks. They're seeing things that you're not seeing, Dean. <laughs> They're could, seeing the world. <laughs> that could very well be, but mm -hmm. rocks are fascinating, especially rocks that have refraction. Mm. If you polish them up, you shine a light on them. Yes. There are worlds and there are stories and layers and depths and yeah. all kinds of fascinating things. So yeah, we went to the Rock and Gem show this weekend, my wife and I did. The amount of beauty oh, yeah. that you find in these common rocks when you put a shine to them and when you shine light on them, yeah, they refract in the most crazy, amazing ways. Mm -hmm. Inner child Dean is like, oh, yeah. rocks, the rocks. You didn't put any in your pockets though, did you? No, no I didn't. <laughs> That's okay at the beach, but not so much at the Gem and Rock show. <laughs> It's okay when you're a kid, but yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of stuff attached to this particular hobby. A lot of new age kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. They shape rocks in different ways. They make spheres. They make towers. They have the different types of rocks and then what they're supposed to do for you, like give you a certain kind of energy or a certain kind of healing. So if you go in carrying the Holy Spirit and you turn a blind eye to all of that, there's some very beautiful, fascinating artifacts to mm -hmm. look at. There's something I think people are searching Yes. They're searching for him, whether they know it or not. Yeah. And so often, we had talked about this in a previous episode, how 
the tendency of humans in the past to look at the sun and turn the sun into a god because mm-hmm. they see like an aspect of God's creation. Yeah. You know, you read about the throne room of heaven and the kingdom of heaven, all these mm-hmm. things about streets of gold and the gate of pearl and all these gemstones in the foundation and his throne and the gems even on some of the beans in heaven. God loves his gems. He does. So there's something very um, twisted about it down here, because the enemy does tend to do that with the things God loves, like intimacy and family and parenting even and marriage. You Mm -hmm. see how much is twisted and broken here Mm -hmm. because there's something so precious and mysterious and heavenly in it. Yes. In the kingdom of God, it tells us about the foundations being built on precious stones. Mm -hmm. In the book of Genesis, there was a river that ran around a certain part of Eden. The whole area was filled with gems. Mm. There was one particular gem that we looked at. It was a hunk of quartz. It was brown in color, and he had a light shining behind it. When you peered into it, it was like there were worlds in there. Mm. It was like a mini universe. That's cool. It was so fascinating. Mm. You could just stare at it for... yeah. Like staring at the night sky. Yeah. You're just like... Same effect. Yeah, very cool. The more you look, the more depth you would see. Mm. At the gem show, I came across a booth, and it was a jade booth. And they were telling us how up north in Canada, there's a whole mountain that's made out of jade, and they dig jade out of that whole mountain. So I have a really cool thing to tell. I don't even know how this will go, but I have been to heaven a few times. The gems in heaven are out of this world. Literally. They are literally out of this world. (laughs) What I saw one time, not one mountain, but a whole mountain range made out of jade. I saw another one made out of rubies. Mm. And I saw another one made out of jasper. Puts the Rocky Mountains to shame. Puts the Rocky Mountains (laughs) to shame. That's right. And they were digging big massive gems out of these mountain ranges Mm. and polishing them to to a glass-like finish. And these were big rocks. Wow. And then setting them as foundation stones for different buildings that were being put up. Wow, very cool. It's one thing to shine a light through a a small gemstone and look Mm. at it. It's a total another thing to have the glory of God Mm. shining through a gemstone. Whoa, yeah, no kidding. Whole other type of light, first of all. (laughs) A whole other level. Yeah. (laughs) We're talking refraction on steroids here. (laughs) So that's why when people go to heaven... They're dazzled by the light because it's Mm. coming from all directions. It's the pure glory light of God shining on all kinds of beautiful gemstones and all kinds of Mm. things that have been polished and cut to perfection, laid in places where they give off the most perfect reflections and refractions in all different directions. Oh man, we think we know what beauty is, but it's like, oh, you just wait. (laughs) It's absolutely spectacular. Not only that, but the gemstones... In heaven, they each have a name and they kind of each have a purpose and a prophetic meaning as well. So Mm. everything flows together into this big, massive mysterion. (laughs) There's no other way to put it. So exciting. Yeah. So as we go through today's podcast, we want to talk about that mysterion. Yes. We want to talk about pathways into the mysterion from the book of Hebrews. Yes. That's where we're going today. Hebrews chapter 5. The writer of Hebrews was trying to explain to the readers a mysterion, and he was getting frustrated. Uh-oh. Concerning Melchizedek, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. Melchizedek is a mysterion. He's a mystery. Mm-hmm. He has no beginning. He has no end. It's not just a hard name to say. No, it's not just a hard <laughs> name to say three times. 
And he wanted to talk about Melchizedek, but he, he was frustrated. He couldn't get there. He said, it's hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. Mm. So logic would have it that the milk are the elementary principles and the solid food are the mysterion, the mystical principles. Yeah. Things like Melchizedek that he was trying to explain. Yeah. So then he made a list. He made a list of some elementary things and he made a list of some mystical things, paths to Mysterion. Yeah. That's where we're going today. That's good. I'm going to get you to read. Okay. All right. I will start, uh, read a little section starting in Hebrews 6. All right. First one. Therefore, I always love those ones that start with a therefore. Yeah. <laughs> therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Those things are elementary principles. Mm. Most places that I've been, those would be like hardcore doctrinal. Mm -hmm. It's like the starting points, you know? <laughs> But they're just starting points. Yeah. Normal at a certain period of development. Right. Completely normal, but meant to be grown off of. Let's say them again. Repentance from dead works. When we confess Christ, one of the first things we do is to repent from our dead works. Mm -hmm. But once we do that, the dead works are gone. Yeah. They're not coming back. Flushed down. Remember that? <laughs> I remember so clearly from last week. It's not coming back up that drain. No. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> faith towards God. It's just a foundation. Can't even foundation start stone. the faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. You have to believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so that's a foundation stone. Yeah. A starting place. Yeah. I feel like if you don't get that part and you kind of skip ahead, you'll easily fall like without that foundation, mm -hmm. that elementary truth. And then it talks about instruction about baptisms, laying on of hands. And then he goes on to talk about the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Believing in the resurrection of the dead is really what gets us started. We have to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. That's how we become born again. Elementary principle. Elementary, Dean. Elementary. So even with us growing in our physical bodies, there's certain marker points that are normal to reach and move beyond Right, that are normal developmental milestones. They even have sheets they give to you when you have baby, like here's the developmental milestones and there's books about it. But what about our walk with the Lord? It's perfectly normal to be in that stage for a season of your life mm -hmm. as the Lord grows you in that area and reveals things to you and teaches you and guides you. But there's this point where we now move on mm -hmm. and grow deeper go down the path of Mysterion. Even with the cross, when we first come to Christ, mm -hmm. we look at the cross. Yeah, it's this big deal, because it is. Mm -hmm. It's like the starting point. What he did there changed everything. Mm -hmm. So we come there, <laughs> lay yourself down there, lay whatever, your whole life down there. At the foot of that cross, you know, mm -hmm. we sing about it and we reenact it. And I think we tend to like build a little camp there, though, mm -hmm. and stay there. And it's like the central focus point. But I believe with the Lord, it's the beginning and he wants us to develop and grow and mature and move with him 
down this path of righteousness with him, down this narrow road. You turn around along your walk, it gets a little further and further and further into the distance, but it's mm-hmm. always there. It's always the core beginning foundation. Yeah. But he's willing to take us so far and deep if we're willing to go with him. If you talk about it from another perspective, let's say we talk about it from the perspective of building a house. You put a lot of focus on the foundation at first. Mm-hmm. In fact, if the foundation isn't laid right, yes, the rest of the structure, eventually it will go crooked or it will mm-hmm. fail in some way. Yeah. Anything else you can kind of fix, <laughs> but the foundation, it's so vital. If the foundation is off, mm-hmm. The rest of the structure, as you build it, will get further and further and further off, yeah. off center. So eventually what happens with the foundation, once it's laid and you start building on it, you actually backfill in against it. Mm. Eventually the foundation kind of disappears. It's always there, yeah. just like what you're talking about. It always carries the same importance. Mm-hmm. In really large structures, they completely bury the foundation yeah. and it becomes invisible. And it's the safest place of a building. Yes. When a disaster comes too, right? Mm-hmm. That's usually where people will go down to the foundation because mm-hmm. it's so strong. If it's built right, it's yeah. so strong. It's interesting to me how this next list of things, every single one of them has a mysterious element to it. Yeah. Every one of these things moves towards the Mysterion. That's <laughs> why today's podcast is called Pathways to Mysterion. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Had to do it at least once. Had to do it at least once. Yeah. Okay, so just before he brings us into these glorious pathways of Mysterion, Mm. he says, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, Yeah, not laying again the foundation. Mm -hmm. And he lists all those things. So what do you think he means there? Jesus said, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I think we have to get over some things. (laughs) A word like perfection, we immediately dismiss. Oh, that could never be us. But why does Jesus say, be be perfect perfect. as your heavenly father is perfect? Did he mean a different kind of perfect? Or did he mean what the word perfect means? Here it says, let's move on to perfection. Not laying again the foundations. So part of moving towards maturity is moving into a place of perfection in Christ. In 1 John, he says, we've been made perfect in love. And James, he says, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete. There's more of those verses than we would ever want to admit, aren't there? Yeah, be holy as I am holy, Mm -hmm. set apart. The way he lived, we actually, I believe we can live that way because he said we could live that way. Yeah, to follow in his footsteps, to do it like he did it. It's easy to put our eyes on other people and other things. It's even easier to put our eyes on ourself. Once we put our eyes on ourself, we immediately start self-abasing. And then we wonder why we have such a hard time grasping the concept of be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Mm-hmm. There is one verse in First John. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. So what makes us like him when we see him? So if you want to be like the Father, put your eyes on him. Yeah, He's perfect. We need to take our eyes off ourselves and put them on what we want to be like. Focus our eyes on Jesus. Focus our eyes on the Father. Yeah, We'll become like him. Mm-hmm. And that leads us in this path of perfection. Yeah, What we see is what we will become. All eyes on Jesus. Yeah. So just before Hebrews 6, for anyone who partakes only in milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Mm. 
for he is a babe. Righteousness is solid food. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying here. I don't think we can even begin to walk on the narrow road until we accept this, that we're righteous in his sight. It's foundational, but yet it takes us into our identity. When we believe we're righteous in Christ, we start to realize who we are. We start to realize how we're loved, who we've been made in him, Mm -hmm. and how accepted we are by him. Now that starts the process towards maturity. (laughs) Yeah, wow. And you wake up wearing this robe that he's given you, not putting it on every day, like you're wearing it. You're wearing this identity. You're wearing it to bed. You're wearing it to bed. You wake up in it. You do not take this baby off. It's one of those glorious outfits that you're meant to just stay in. We repent from dead works, and then we put on the robe of righteousness. Mm -hmm. But if we take the robe of righteousness off, then we're going back to repenting from dead works again. Right, yeah. And then we have to put the robe on again. And you're living up and down, like the waves of the sea, just, yeah. And then how life's going starts to have a voice in our identity. Rather than the rock-solid word of righteousness. First step of maturity right there. So we've just talked about the elementary truths, and now... We're moving into the list of things that take us further. And it's really amusing to me that these things all fall under the category of mysterion. I think we need to get over the fact that there's mystery in the gospel, and we need to embrace mystery as being part of the mature Christian life. Not something that we fear and something that we back away from because we're afraid we're going to make a mistake. There's a lot of freedom in in knowing who we are in Christ and knowing that he's calling us closer and knowing that he's calling us up. And there's a large world out there that we don't understand sometimes. Mm -hmm. And because we don't understand it, we don't want to go there and we want to put up our hands and we want to put up the stop sign. When in reality, there's nothing dull or boring about this walk with the Lord. (laughs) No. Never gets old. I feel like if it's starting to feel stagnant or dull, you're not seeing it. There's more. Keep going. (laughs) Ask him to show you. Mm -hmm. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you into it and trust that he will keep you safe Mm -hmm. on your journey. Not only that, but what you love, you will see. Mm -hmm. So love, love the mysterion, love the mystery of the kingdom. Love heaven, love the angelic, Mm -hmm. love all of the things that you want to move towards. Mm -hmm. Be fascinated by them. Embrace the curiosity. Embrace the curiosity, Yeah. yeah. Don't be afraid to go there. If you start walking off the trail, he will he'll nudge you back on. <laughs> Come on, get it. Trust that he will do that. Yeah. Like we do that with our children. Yes. When we walk down trails in the forest, sometimes they get narrow and stinging nettles. Yeah. They look like every other leaf, but the parent knows. So you just gently rear them off. But you love seeing the excitement and the wonder of a child exploring, just yeah. like our father with us. He loves seeing it from this pure heart of just wonder and adoration. What is my father going to show me today? Personally, I embraced the mystical side of the gospel years ago, Mm. long before it was ever even talked about, Mm. long before it was popular. And I always do the same thing. Every time there's something new that comes across my path, I always take it and I hold it before the Father. I hold it before Mm. the Holy Spirit. I ask him to keep me safe. I ask him to keep me on the right path. Mm-hmm. And he always does. Yeah. And I notice that my love for him grows stronger and stronger mm-hmm. through it. Yeah. He encounters me in ways that I never expected. But he's a God of wonders, and he loves to lead us along these paths. He loves to lead us into these mysterious journeys. Yeah. Wow. God is way too big to be boring. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he say, I will reveal things to you beyond your wildest imaginations. You couldn't even come up with it. So there's a lot of wonder out there. Yeah. 
This is a list full of wonder. All right, let's hear it. Okay, so Caritas, when you sent me the scripture, I looked up in my Greek lexicon the main words in the scriptures. And once I started doing that, I got so excited about <laughs> every single one of these things. It just made me so happy. <laughs> the mysterion in each one. Every single one of these things has a huge amount of mystery attached to it. Yeah. And the fact that it's part of the growing up process, part of the maturing process, yeah. that got me even more stoked. Mm-hmm. By the yeah. time I was done with these next couple of verses, I was ready to fly. It's like, oh man, it was so fun being in elementary school. But then there's all these even more amazing things that come in life. Mm-hmm. They're like, man, I can do this now and this freedom that opens up mm-hmm. in your life. Go on more adventures and explore the world even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what we were once afraid of is actually huge and full of wonder. Yeah. All right, carrying on. Hebrews 6, verse 4. For it's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift, and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. So he talks about those who were once enlightened, have tasted the heavenly gift. Have tasted the heavenly gift. See, I'm already getting excited. <laughs> have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And have tasted the good word of God and okay. the powers of the age to come. <laughs> okay, we have to talk about every one of those things. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> one at a time. For those who have once been enlightened. Enlightened. You looked up this word, enlightened. Eh? Yeah. Okay, let's hear it. It's the Greek word photozo. 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 Mm. So photosynthesis, anything to do with light is photon. Photon, Photon, yeah. Mm -hmm. To shed light rays, to shine, to brighten up, to illuminate, to give off light, Mm. or to make to see. So for those who were once enlightened, for those who once shone, for those who once gave off light rays... So you see those people that just shine yeah. with the glory of God. They beam. Hmm. Those are the enlightened ones. Yeah. You know You know how they say when you're pregnant, oh, I could tell you have this glow. There's like this glow they right. say you have when you're impregnated with something. Right. When we are impregnated with the Spirit of God, we're delivering Him all over everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. There's Jesus. A little bit of Jesus for you. A little bit of Jesus for you. <laughs> We've got <laughs> Jesus in us. We should be glowing and radiating. Why do you look like that? He's in me. Because I'm enlightened. I'm enlightened. <laughs> yeah. That's what this word means. <laughs> wow. Shining with the glory of heaven. Shining with the glory of heaven. Glow of life. Second Corinthians 4, 6, and 7. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ but we have this treasure in jars of clay to mm. show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not us. So we shine with this bright light. Oh, man. The face, the countenance of God. That's what we carry in us. We glow. Did you know that humans do glow? I didn't know that. Hey, so <laughs> apparently there's something called biophotons. Okay. Let me just read you this. Past research has shown that the body emits visible light 1,000 times less intense than the levels of which our naked eye are sensitive to. In fact, virtually all living creatures emit a very weak light 
which is thought to be a byproduct of a biochemical reaction involving free radicals. And they found that the faces glowed more than the rest of the body. And research suggests that biophotons are created in the DNA that resides in the mitochondria in your cells. So every cell in our body has a little bit of light that it emits. Yeah. And so this is kind of one of those things where they aren't sure why and they're still kind of studying. I can tell you why. No, it's because we're created in the image of God. Yeah, who is like said in what you just read that the face shines a little more than everything else. Yeah. Well, the countenance of God lights up creation. Where's your mind blown? <laughs> right there. So who, the writer of this particular article had this question. Can you be unconsciously affected by biophotons sent from someone else? Before you say a word to another person, your bodies may already be in unconscious communication. And so you may sense affinity. So basically, you're <laughs> communicating with light back and forth. Yeah. It's very small amounts of light. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's yeah. all pretty simple. God made us in his image. Yeah. We shine like him. Mm-hmm. And you know We what? shine like our daddy. When he sees us getting our little brain thinking cap on and figuring all this stuff out, he's like, oh, look at them. Mm-hmm. They're so cute. <laughs> They're so cute. <laughs> a few years ago, I was at a conference, and at the end of worship, which was wonderful, the guest speaker got up to speak, and I noticed that his face was glowing. Hmm. It was actually glowing. You could see it. There was this visible glow. First time I've ever seen it quite like that. And I feel like that would surprise you, but it should just be normal, I it think. It should be normal. Right? And I think that's what he's getting at here. Like, there's this place in your walk with the Father where this stuff... It's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's those who have been enlightened, evidently. Mm-hmm. We've all been enlightened. We've all been given the light of God in our earthen vessel. We all shine. He says in Ephesians 1, the Father may give you the spirit of wisdom. He's praying for the Father mm-hmm. to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and enlighten the eyes of your understanding. Mm-hmm. Enlighten. Yeah that you may know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of his glory and his inheritance in the saints, and the exceeding greatness of his power towards us Mm -hmm. who believe. Did you read this one already? No, I didn't. It's one of my (laughs) favorite It's just so good, maybe because I read it too much. I'm getting very excited hearing hearing it again. (laughs) So yeah, we're called to walk, think, talk like saints, believing that we have been made righteous by God with our enlightened hearts. Carrying the light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The second thing, those who have tasted of the heavenly gift. Tasted of the heavenly gift. First of all, those who have been enlightened. Second, those who have tasted of the heavenly gift. Yeah. Heavenly gift. Could you imagine walking your life? Not just, oh, uh, there's a Christian. I'm a Christian. Wasn't it the people in Antioch that first came up with that word even? They just saw people living like Christ and yeah. called them Christians. It's just yeah. like a term the world came up with. It's a term the world came up with to describe us, basically. But we are those who taste the heavenly gifts. <laughs> it doesn't say those who study the heavenly gift. Mm. Tasting is in the realm of experience. Yeah. And that's like my son likes to lick everything. Not just touch. Also has to have the taste. You know that ball in, in the science world? Anyways, it's just this glass orb yeah. with his little uh, like lightning bolts. lightning things. <laughs> you know, everyone touches it because you kind of, your hair stands up or yeah. I think you might even feel it a little bit. So there's my son, he touches it, but he always has to add the lick. <laughs> it's the full experience. He will smell, he will touch, he will see, but he always has to add the taste. Add the taste. Something heavenly there. Mm-hmm. So let us fully experience this gospel. No so- licking your Bibles. <laughs> It's not what I mean. (laughs) Those who have tasted of the heavenly gift, the gift Mm. that is above the sky, 
those things existing in heaven, yeah. things that take place in heaven, the heavenly regions, heaven itself, hmm. things that are of heavenly origin or nature, wow. tasting of those things. Tasting, tasting the angelic. I can't believe this list. <laughs> this list is so cool. First of all, you're enlightened, you glow. Yeah. Second of all, you're tasting of the heavenly gift. Like what's normal in heaven is normal in your life. That's right. It shouldn't be so strange for a person to say, hey, I've spent some time in heaven. Yeah. Or I've encountered the angelic. Yeah, well, I was talking to a friend and this angel showed up and yeah. sat there and blessed the conversation mm-hmm. somehow. I remember you telling me about your daughter, how she had some angels in her room one night. Yeah, I think she was about six. Six years old? She woke up and there's, if I'm remembering correctly, five just standing there. She wasn't sure why. but Five angels standing there? Yeah. Did she describe them at all? Yeah, very bright and very tall. Very, very tall. Mm-hmm. My dad saw an angel when he was a kid too, but nobody believed him. The angel was standing over his brother mm. and he was scared like everyone in the Bible. I feel like this list here is telling us you don't have to be scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this should just be a normal part of your walk with me down this it path. should be. But, you know, he was scared and he hid and he looks back over the covers and it's still there, hides again, still there, hides again, and then it's gone. This brother grew up to be a pastor, lived his whole life loving God and spreading the gospel, taking trips to Israel with people and just sharing the love of Christ. So I just wonder how often do we meet them and we don't even know. That's very true. Right? Sometimes they're kind of in disguise. Yeah, it says don't neglect entertaining strangers because they might be angels in disguise. Those sneaky little fellas. Yes, they're very sneaky. Disguising themselves. Sometimes they'll show up as five ginormous glowing figures. Yeah, sometimes they'll be at the table in the cafe next to you sitting there guarding your conversation. I've had numerous encounters with angels, heavenly beings, or with heaven. I used to shy away from talking about it. Actually, I shied away from talking about it because when I would talk about it, people would look at me differently. Do you hang around me long enough and I look at you different all the time that you just stop caring? I've stopped caring now. <laughs> just my face. <laughs> uh, my husband got me a cup, a mug that says, I'm sorry for what my face does when you're talking to me. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. <laughs> to your finishing your beautiful sharings of the heavenlies. I was just going to say, last year I had covid Mm-hmm. And I was pretty sick. I kept praying. I kept believing God. I kept taking communion. But the fourth night, in the middle of the night, I heard a voice start to sing. And it was a voice that I didn't recognize. I've spent a lot of time in my life recording yeah. human voices, mm-hmm. recording all kinds of singers, choirs. If there's a type of vocal on the face of the earth, yeah, I've recorded it. <laughs> it. I've heard it. And there are a lot of different types of human voices. There's mm-hmm. deep ones. There's high ones. There's different mm-hmm. types of vibrato. But this particular voice sounded unlike anything I had ever heard. It had a depth to it and a very unique quality to its vibrato that made me immediately think, this is not from earth. It wasn't singing words. It was just singing a melody. Hmm. It started with oohs and then ahs. And then a second voice joined it in harmony. Hmm. And then a third and a fourth voice joined it. And it probably lasted for about five minutes. In the end, it morphed into this beautiful, almost classical line of harmony structures that were very complex and beautiful, almost jazz-like, but all with that same deep quality, with that same unique vibrato. And by the time it was done, I was left in tears. I was like, what was that? (laughs) And from that moment, that disease broke and started receding from me. Oh, 
I have no doubt that that was a choir of healing angels singing over mm. me that night. Wow. Because from that moment, that disease, Just it gone. couldn't stay. Yeah. It started to go, and I started to gain strength, gain my health back. Wow. So many different things have happened over mm. the years. And that's not to mention all the different encounters with heavenly places. But when you talk about tasting the heavenly gift, these wow. are all gifts. These are all gifts from <laughs> yeah. heaven. These are mysterions of heaven. And when you share something like that, so profound and so incredible, just like that should just be a, no, can just be a, no, will just be a normal yes. part of a Christian walk. Normal part of the Christian walk. Yeah. Tasting of the heavenly gift. Yeah. Yeah, there are all kinds of adventures to be had. Yeah, yeah. And when you talked in a previous podcast about Jesus ascending into the heavenly yeah. realms and what happens on the during prayer and things like that. Mm-hmm. And this is, he's tasting. Yeah, he's tasting of the heavenly realm. Yeah. Tasting the heavenly gift. Yeah. I would never say this if I didn't believe it with all my heart, that every believer has access to taste this heavenly gift. Yeah. It's not just for one person. Yeah. It's not for a special person. It's not for a person with a prophetic personality only. Yeah. It's for everybody. Mm-hmm. The Father loves to show us His glory, and He loves to show us heaven. Yeah, I do find that the more joy that's in your heart when you go to prayer and when you go to praise, mm-hmm. the more prepared you are for the encounters, yeah. the adventures into heavenly places. Mm-hmm. So the next thing on the Hebrew writer's list is for those who have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, partakers, to be a participant, an associate, to share, to partner with, to work together with. Yes. Part of the mysterion of life. Partakers of the Holy Spirit. I was reading in 1 Corinthians, listen to this, 1 Corinthians 2, beginning in 6. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Mm. (laughs) The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, you quoted this, nor have entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, Mm. partakers of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Mm -hmm. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Bam. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you read that. That, that, That's a tasty one right there. Yeah. You're going to taste something. That's good. That is so good. <laughs> That's tasty. Holy Spirit teaches. Hold this mystery. So good. You know, in Ephesians, he says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I think he's saying here, we, we're meant to be intoxicated. With the Holy Spirit. Completely taken over, overcome, filled, changes the way you see and talk and walk. Yeah, you start to slur your words. <laughs> 
that's that's where speaking in tongues comes in. We'll cover okay. that in another episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Holy Spirit interacting in us, resting upon us. Yeah, that's incredible because then any situation you find yourself in, when you're aware of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's in that situation. There's no place that you're going where the Holy Spirit isn't going then. I heard somebody else say, the Holy Spirit is in you and he wants out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rivers of living water yeah. come from within your belly or yeah. is that? Out of your belly will flow rivers. Rivers of living water. Living this water. is like Holy Spirit talk here, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not cups running dry that need to come get refilled. Oh, my cup's dry. People have been drinking from my cup. I need to... The water is supposed to be coming from our bellies. <laughs> Holy it's Spirit. Because we carry heaven inside of us. Yes. And from the throne flows the river of living water. Oh, and it life. flows out of us. Dean. Yeah. That was a mic drop. Oh. <laughs> So there's another thing on the list here. Okay. Those who have tasted the good word of God. Oh, yes. You could either say it's the good word of God, which it is, mm -hmm. or it's the word of God's goodness. Oh, snap. That is good, Dean. Good, excellent in nature. Yes. Genuine, approved, precious, beautiful to look at, magnificent. Oh, magnificent. In that phrase, I see the message of the goodness of God, mm. being part of the pathway to maturity, being part of the pathway to Mysterion. He is so good. Mm -hmm. I feel like even if you have a hard time considering his goodness, just looking at Jesus, think of how much he laid aside what he did out of the goodness of his heart, mm -hmm. out of his love. While we were all still his enemy, when we look at God through Jesus, he says, if you see me, you've seen him. You've seen the Father. Yeah. He's the exact representation of the nature of the Father. When you really see that, when you see him through Jesus, it'll be impossible to question the goodness of God. We barely sacrifice our convenience for people. Please do this so that these people over here are safe, who are vulnerable. That's inconvenient. We have a hard time even being inconvenienced for friends and neighbors. He gave everything for people who are enemies. Mm -hmm. It's so big yeah. and mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm tempted, but I'm not going to do it. Well, like, we already did like, it once. Like Job, all this stuff happened to him. Job was confused and he had some bad theology and his friends had even worse theology. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the goodness of God, I feel like he had a good grasp on that. Yeah, he never went there. Yeah, he had experienced something, obviously. Yeah. There's one more thing in this list. Those that taste the powers of the age to come. So those who taste of eternity. The person in this verse yeah. is tasting heaven. What a feast so far. They're tasting the goodness of God. <laughs> They're tasting being partnered with the Holy Spirit. This is an incredible list of mysterious things. And now... Mm. The tasting of the powers of the age to come. So that almost sounds like he's talking about a life that's accessing all these things we're almost waiting for. The average person is sitting here waiting for all this stuff when they die. Yeah. This person is living in realities now mm -hmm. that most people wouldn't even dream of living in when they're in heaven someday. Yeah. I wonder if he's also talking about, we had talked about timeless. Yes. You know, what is it to you if John remains alive till I come? Maybe John's still alive. Enoch, you know, just carrying on his years until he 
taken up into heaven, doesn't die. Accessing that type mm-hmm. <laughs> of reality can be the normal part of a Christian life. Yeah. One time I was worshiping and I lost track of where I was and somehow I was transported to the middle of the universe somewhere. I was floating in outer space. Nice. Yes. <laughs> nice. Floating. Yeah. Sounds peaceful. Where am I? Or where, was it scary? Do you remember your emotional state at that time? My emotional state was one of wonder. Uh, nice. I looked around in all directions and there were stars everywhere. And all of a sudden I heard a dance track. It was just pounding so loud with the bass. And all the stars joined together and they all became stick figures. There were millions of stick figures everywhere. And these stick figures started dancing, like (laughs) dancing to this dance track. Oh, man. And the the bass was just vibrating through me every time the kick drum hit. (laughs) It's just poof, poof, poof. Oh, yes. The stars were dancing as if their life depended on it. That's awesome. Wow. (laughs) And I looked around and there was millions of stars, millions of stick figures everywhere. I didn't know you were such a party animal, Dean. (laughs) I was in the middle of a universal party. Yeah. (laughs) It was party central. Where was my invite? Ah! (laughs) That's so awesome. It was crazy. But every time I think of that, I think... Age to come, the entire universe is worshiping. And they're, if we don't they're praise, yearning for us, for the children of God to be revealed, right? They cry out, you know, like leaning over, like yes. standing on tiptoe. Come on, guys, you're so close. <laughs> if we don't praise, the rocks will cry out oh, like we started yes. today. Full circle to yes. the rock and gem show. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a couple of other things like that, too. You're going to make us wait to hear. Is this how it's going to go down? <laughs> if you subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> oh, we're going to leave that hook, are you we? Will, you will hear some more. Maybe eventually you will. <laughs> I feel like powers of the age to come are things that are headed our way that we will be intersecting in eternity. There are certain people that go after that stuff now, hmm. and they get a taste of that even now. I mean, eternity is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> or timeless, as we yeah. have made such a point of saying, mm-hmm. but... Why not go there now? Yeah, or at least leave the door open. Leave the door open, for <laughs> leave, goodness sake. Leave sakes. the next page blank. <laughs> leave okay. the next page blank. I love the way you said that. Here's a good scripture to end on, Cretus. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Mm. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. So when we go after this stuff, God is pleased. So pleased. The pleasure of the father seeing his kids grow and mature and develop. He enjoys the advancement and the growth and Mm -hmm. the healthy movement and maturity of his children. Yeah. And once again, I would say to those listening, we're not trying to brag on this episode. I think what we're trying to say is don't be afraid to leave the page empty. Trust the Holy Spirit to lead you. Trust the Holy Spirit to keep you safe. Believe that he will keep you safe. Believe that he's got you here. He's a father. That's huge to remember that he's our father Mm -hmm. who loves us so much. We're not citizens of this earth. We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Heaven is our home. Mm -hmm. He wants to take us there. He wants to take us up. (sighs) Let's go there. All right. That's it. That's where we're going to leave it. Perfect. Okay. So thanks for joining us, everyone. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Yeah, and we hope to see you back here next week as we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven together. All over again. (laughs) Bye.